0: Okay. Hey, man. Hey, Well, uh, if you're able to join us and uh, sing in singing the opening hymn, and then we'll have a word of prayer. It's hymn 325. Hymn 325. Jesus saves. We'll do all verses, and then we'll have a word of prayer. Hymn 325. Jesus saves. <laughs> Jesus saves. i Given us the opportunity to come to your house, Lord, to give you honor and glory, Lord. Please be
1: with Pastor Wide, Lord, as he brings forth your message, Lord. for the Holy Spirit and thank you to Jesus for down for our sins. And it's in your mighty name that we do pray. Amen.
0: Amen, amen and amen. <laughs> and as we continue to praise the Lord, we would love for you to join us in singing hymn 165. Hymn 165, we'll do all verses when we see Christ. Hymn 165. <laughs> You'll be worth it all, amen. In 165, when we see Christ. Take you know how we're going to be able to gravely run that race till we see Christ? Because we serve a great and mighty God. Great and mighty we'll sing these two verses. Hymn six, t- uh, seventeen. Hymn 617. Hymn 617. 617. 6.7. Great and mighty is the Lord our God. Sing along. Oh, great and mighty is the Lord our God. A oh, great and and Great and mighty is the Lord our God, a great and mighty is, great and mighty is, great and mighty is, he. amen.
2: Amen. Welcome to our afternoon service. You may be seated. We're glad that you're here. Welcome to Central Park Baptist Church. I'm going to give you a few uh, announcements. I hope you received a bulletin earlier today. Uh, but I'm only going to give you a few of the announcements that's in our bulletin. I'd like to remind everyone of, of our seniors, 50 and older, about our senior luncheon coming up this Saturday at 12 o'clock, this Saturday, February 17th. If you're 50 years and older, you're invited to attend our first ever senior luncheon. Amen. We'll have a luncheon, a devotion, a small activity, and there'll be more information about what we'd like to do in the future and things we, places we'd like to go, things we'd like to do People would like to see money would like to spend. <laughs> so I want to encourage you to be a part of it. That'll be this uh, Saturday at 12 o'clock in the afternoon. We will have soul winning so long as the weather permits it at 930 in the morning on Saturday. Then we are taking up a collection for Homeless No More Baptist Church. We're taking up paper products, amen, things for them for their church that will help them in the area of paper products. So I want to encourage you to, to bring those in. We're putting those, I believe, in the fellowship hall. Uh, in the corner, uh, uh, left-hand corner, it's in there, you'll see it, and so it's uh, in, the, in, in there, so I want to encourage you, if you can give to that, to that. There's a lot more announcements that I haven't announced, amen, uh, that are coming up, uh, and that's why you should get a bulletin. If you didn't get a bulletin and you need one, uh, see me, I have one right here, and I'll give it to you, okay, because I know what the announcements are, but <laughs> thank you for being
3: here, and welcome to our afternoon service, Pastor. Amen y'all alive and well amen. amen good good well i'm glad you're back and i'm glad brother marco's here My, he's gonna preach for me because i was doing pretty good for about an hour ago and then it just and then i don't know if i can make it anyway uh, brother marco does a good job miss eva's giving him a good outline amen it's, it's, it's not about the outline it's about the delivery amen uh-huh. So um, you just take that for whatever it's worth, all right? Uh, but uh, please uh, put your name on all the bulletin, all of the uh, uh, events out there, the senior event and those kinds of things. <clears throat> also, men, if you're signed up to go to the whitewater rafting, uh, if you want to go ahead and start putting, sending your money in, and uh, if, if you don't want to pay it all at once, if you'll designate it. Put your name, put it on an envelope, and designate what much you want for that white water rafting. Uh, we'll go ahead and, we'll go ahead and put it in a designated spot for you, and uh, that way you won't have to come up with it all at once. Uh, but that's going to coming up in June, and it'll be here before you know it. I mean, fe- February is almost over now, so uh, so if you'd like to do that, go ahead and designate it, put it on your envelope, and you may you can start turning that in. Also, if you would, uh, there's a, a prison right there. I've always been enamored with that stuff. Uh, in fact, they, op- they built a, uh, uh, a prison in Amarillo, Texas, a maximum security prison. And before they opened it, they allowed tours. And so we took a busload of young people over there. And some of the parents even went with us, and we took them through that prison. And I'm telling you, it was an eye-opener for some of those kids. It really made an impact on them. But they've got one there in in Canyon City. Uh, In fact, it was active up until about 2015, and they've made a museum out of it. So if you'd like to go through that, um, we we may do that. It's $12, I think, to go through it. Uh, We may have time to do that. Uh, on that uh, Tuesday afternoon once we get through. If you're alive, if you don't drown in the whitewater rafting. <laughs> if you do, we just, we'll, we'll, you know, there's no refunds. We'll just take care of it, okay? Uh, but but if, anyway, if you'd like to go, just put a check by your name uh, so that we can make some reservations for that, okay? Uh, and again, that's in June, so don't forget about that. <clears throat> well, let's have another offering. Amen. Amen. Two things Baptists ought to be really good at. One of them I know they're good at, eating. Amen. And the other one we ought to be really good at, and that's giving. Amen. And uh, so let me encourage you: be a giver, and uh, and just watch and see how God can bless you. Amen. Uh, may the Lord bless you as you give, dear Father. Bless this offering. I pray God that you bless the gift and the giver. Lord, use it. Uh, God for the furtherance of the cause of Christ. So. So that we might see souls saved and baptized and added to this church, God. So that we can be better effective in reaching uh, the lost, Lord. And making disciples, Lord. So please help us. And we pray your blessing on this offering. Because it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. If you have an offering, please come.
0: Amen. Now, at this time, if you're able to rise, we would like for you to join us in singing Dwelling in Beulah Land, hymn 439. Hymn 439. We're going to do the first and last verses. Afterwards, please greet each other. First and last verses of Dwelling in Beulah Land, hymn 439. Hymn
1: 439. Hymn
0: 439. How far away the noise of strife upon my ear is- of God I seek in contemplation. Hearing now his blessed voice, I see the way. cross and follow me. Thought his way.
2: Thank you, Brother Yule. That was wonderful. I appreciate that very much. I love it when Brother Yule sings. I love it one of these days we need to get Brother Yule and brother uh, will to sing together again. Amen. They both have beautiful voices together. All right, amen. A preacher's going to stick a piece of candy in his mouth when he's done with it. he's leaving and so <laughs> I'm supposed to be done, but don't count on it because Brother Robbie gave him a stick of gum instead. So (laughs) take your Bible, if you would, please, and open to Romans chapter 6. Romans chapter 6 tonight. Romans chapter 6. We're only going to read one verse here. We're going to look at a number of verses throughout Scripture tonight. But I want to talk to you on a subject. Sin leaves a mark. Sin leaves a mark. When our kids were little... Somebody would do something, and I would say, oh, that's going to leave a mark. The two kids would be running around, they'd run into each other, boom. And I'd say, oh, that's going to leave a mark. And all through their growing up years, I used that statement over and over again. And I learned, as I was paying attention to my kids, what little attention a father pays, um, that uh, sin also leaves a mark. Except sin's mark has a tendency to pull us away from God because we don't understand it. So I want to help you to understand it so that you don't pull away from God when you see that mark because sin will leave a mark. Amen. Let's look at Romans chapter 6, verse 23. One verse. For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Now, let's look at that verse one more time. I'm going to read the first part of it. For the wages of sin is death. There is a statement in the Bible here that tells us very simply there is a wage for sin. This is not a statement. This is a Bible law. You can't get around it. I can't get around it. The wage of sin is death and sins death leaves a mark father thank you for what we're about to learn holy spirit meet with us tonight i ask that you fill me with your power and go from person to person from seat to seat and open our hearts and mind to the simple truth that we would realize what you have for us and what you've done for us and more and more we would draw closer to you and stay away from sin that leaves such harsh marks and walk with you in such a way that brings honor and glory to you. For we ask it in Jesus' name, amen. You thank you, you may be seated. What do you mean, Brother Marco, when you say sin leaves a mark? Well, I know this, the way of sin is death, and that death is talking about hell forever and ever, and we know that. We know also know that once we're saved, a saved person uh, no longer uh, has that death. But that doesn't mean that the sin that we've done in our physical life has left us without a mark. Sin leaves scars. Sin leaves marks. Sin sears us in ways that affects us all of our physical life. Now, your eternal life is paid for. Right, right, right. But there are things in our life. So, number one. All our sin was fully paid in salvation by Jesus Christ. All of our sin is fully paid in salvation in Jesus Christ. Romans chapter 8 and verse uh, 1. I'm going to use a lot of scripture. You might want to jot them down. If you want to look at them, that's fine. Romans 8 and verse 1. There is uh, therefore now no condemnation to them that are in Christ Jesus who walk not after the flesh but after after the spirit. That word condemnation means this. Death sentence as a result of a verdict. The definition of that word condemnation means death sentence as a result of a verdict. Now listen, I am guilty. There is a uh, verdict. You are guilty of sin. The verdict is death. Someone must pay that death for us. Either we have to pay it. Or Jesus, but that there, but there is no more condemnation. Did you notice that it says, uh, "To them which are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit"? All my sin, all your sins, have uh, uh, that you have ever done, that I have ever done, have been received by Jesus Christ, and He paid for Him with His death, His burial, and His resurrection. And as our Savior, He that separation that death brings from God is eliminated. And we're restored in our relationship with God. And that death of second death of hell no longer has any power over you or over me. And that can never go away. That is settled through Jesus Christ. Sin is gone. The wage of sin is gone. The second death of hell is gone. Standing before God's white throne judgment seat is gone. Deliverance from death resulting from sin has gone through Jesus Christ. Eternity is here, never to be lost. Judgment is here, judgment for my sin, which Jesus was judged for. It's done, it's finished, that's here. I am guiltless now before the throne, for my sin has been paid for. For any sin we commit, once we're saved, God never sees that sin. Amen. That's good. It's covered. God sees sin, and uh, uh, when he sees me, he sees you, sees us. He looks through the blood of Jesus Christ. Yeah. That blood has washed away my sin. What has washed my away my sin? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. My sin is gone, 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 gone. Yes, my sin is gone. Why? Because it's been washed away by the blood of Jesus Christ. Revelation chapter 1, verse 5. Revelation chapter 1 and verse 5. And from Jesus Christ, who is the faithful witness and the first begotten of the dead, the prince and the king of the earth, unto him that loved us. Are you ready? And washed us from our own sin in his own blood. My sin has been washed away. God said so. Doug Markle doesn't say so. Central Park Baptist Church doesn't say so. Uh, God says so. So I'm sticking with what God says. First Peter chapter 1. First Peter chapter 1. We're going to read verse 18 through verse 23. First Peter chapter 1, starting with verse number 18. For as much as you know, you are not redeemed with corruptible things as silver and gold, "...for your vain conversation received by traditions of your fathers, but, the preci- but with the precious blood of Jesus, as the Lamb without blemish, without spot, who verily was foreordained before the foundations of the world, but was manifested in these last times for you, who by him do believe in God, that raised him up from the dead, and gave him glory that your faith and hope might be in God. So my faith and hope is in my God because Jesus washed away my sin. I no longer have sin to pay for. You no longer have sin to pay for. It's been paid by Jesus Christ. First Corinthians chapter 6, verses 9 through 11. 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 9 through 11. Know ye not that the unrighteous, uh, unrighteousness shall not inherit the kingdom of God? Be not deceived, neither fornicators, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor effeminate, nor abusers of themselves with mankind, nor thieves, nor covetous, nor drunkards, nor revilers, nor extortioners shall inherit the kingdom of God. And such were some of you. Such were some of us. But ye are washed, and ye are sanctified. But you are justified in the name of Jesus Christ and by the spirit of our God. Our sins are gone. First John 1, 9, if we confess our sin, he's faithful and just to forgive us of our sin and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. That's what happened at salvation. That's what you did. You called upon the name of the Lord. He saved you. You confessed the fact you could not save yourself, that you were a sinner, and you are guilty, and someone must pay for your sin. So Jesus said, all right, I'll pay for it, and he takes care of my sin. In uh, Psalm 66, verse 18, the Bible says, if I regard iniquity in my heart, the Lord will not hear me, and he doesn't. But we need to read John 9 I'm sorry John yeah John 9:31 to go along with that. not just stop there. Bible interprets itself. John chapter 9 verse 31. now we know that God heareth not sinners. Is't that what we just read? Mm-hmm. But if any man be a worshiper of God and doth his will, he heareth him. Amen. So my sin is washed away. Our pastor says, and I agree with him, the only prayer that that God hears from a sinner is the prayer of salvation. And I agree with that. And the day that I received, I prayed my prayer of of, God saved me, he changed my life, he washed away my sin, all of the conviction that was there, I was convicted, I was wrong, I was guilty. And he took that all away. Romans chapter 4. Verses 6 through 8, even as David also described the blessedness of man, unto whom God imputed righteousness without works, saying, Blessed are they whose iniquities are forgiven, and whose sins are covered, blesses the man to whom the Lord will not impute sin. Mm-hmm. Impute sin. That impute means sin being charged to our own account. Instead, through the resurrection of Jesus Christ, our Lord, righteousness is imputed unto us, unto our account, and our sin is imputed to Jesus' account, charged to His account. So I no longer have sin. Let's look at that verse again. Well, we'll look at Romans chapter four and verse twenty-five and verse twenty-four and twenty-five, because it says the same thing. It says, "But for us also, to whom." Uh, it shall be imputed if we believe on him that raised up Jesus our Lord from the dead who hath delivered uh, 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 of our offenses and was raised again for our justification. How about that? He's raised for our justification. I want you to notice that word justification. I want to tell you what that means. It does. We often like to use a little ditty, just as if I never sinned, which is true. But however, the real definition of the word is this, acquittal. That's what justification means. If you looked it up in the Greek language, you would find that it means acquittal. Now, some folks will say, well, Brother Marco, you don't need to define words. Yes, you do. Because if I don't know what the word means, the word doesn't mean a whole lot to me. (laughs) Amen? I can read words, but if I don't know what they mean, so... I'm not saying we should replace the word justification with acquittal. I'm just saying that we need to understand that that's what it means. Now, what is an acquittal? Acquittal uh, means we're, uh, our justification or acquittal means not guilty of a crime as charged. Prosecution has failed to provide that the accused is guilty beyond a reasonable doubt of the charges presented. And is certified as the accused now is free from the charges as an offense. An acquittal. I am no longer, was I charged? Charged, sin. Me, guilty. Jesus paid my sin debt. The acquittal is given. I'm no longer guilty. That is hard for me to understand sometimes. How about you? It's hard for me to understand how I'm not always a sinner anyway. Although I am a sinner anyway. And I have sinned since the day I've been saved. I don't want to sin. I don't want to walk in sin. But I don't also want to live in the idea that I can't do anything because all I am is a sinner. And God can't even hear my prayer. Because that's not true. I want to live with the facts of the word of God. So my sin has been covered by the blood of Jesus Christ. I have faith. I am no longer charged with uh, with sin to my account. Romans chapter 4 and verse number 7. Saying, blessed are they whose iniquities are forgiven and whose sins are covered. My sins are covered. How? Through Jesus Christ. How? Through his blood. I'm acquitted. There's been a judgment. I've been before my judge. Who's my judge? God the Father. He looks at me and I've been brought up. And the devil charges all these sins against me. And I say, yeah, he's right. And God says, yeah, but he's not, because your sins have been paid for by my son. So, not guilty is the judgment that God gives for you and me. Not guilty. Number two, I said number one, I said something at number one. All of our sins are paid for at salvation by Jesus Christ. Number two, sin leaves a mark in your personal life, though. Although my sins are paid for, sin leaves a mark in my personal life. What do you mean? In our personal life, at times, moves forward, our memories start to fade. We do that in everything. Like, I know this is Super Bowl weekend, but I don't even remember who played in it last year. (laughs) Nor do I even really care. Okay? But time moves forward, and things fade. We never will uh, fully forget what we've done in sin. But when we, when, uh, when we sin, over time, the sting and memory of our sin fades from us. Almost at a place where at times we never remember them, but they're never completely gone. Now, they are before God, but not for me. Why? I want you to look at 1 Timothy chapter 4 and verse number 2. You'll need to look at this one. 1 Timothy chapter 4 and verse number 2. 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse number 2. I hope you're there. If you're not, just look anywhere. It's all good. Speaking lies and hypocrisy, having their conscience seared with a hot iron. We no longer are serving sin, but our memory, or because of our sin, has not fully disappeared because of the searing. To sear something means to brand it or to burn it into something. Uh, By implication means to render uh, um, um, unsensitive. uh, To sear with a hot iron. um, Oh, let's see. uh, To cauterize something. Cauterize, you know, when you're... To cauterize it. To burn it. And now it's not functioning anymore. But it's still there. It's a scar. It's a mark. It doesn't go away. We may... Uh, have been cleansed from our sin, but we still have a memory of the behavior of our flesh. And this is where the problem lies, okay? Suddenly something will happen, something like we need an answer of an important prayer from God, or temptation comes our way, or a sin that we thought we had overcome suddenly comes up in our mind and we think about, the devil uses it to tempt us. Maybe you commit it, or maybe you don't, but it's there. And suddenly all the pain and the ugliness that it brought then before suddenly comes back to our mind and to our heart. And we feel afresh the damage that it did back then. And we think that God is thinking about that too. But he's not. But in our flesh, we think he is. We feel because of that sin, we have no right to ask God anything in prayer because he can't hear us because of our sin now we've confused the issue either jesus did do what he said he did or he didn't do what he said he did and you and i have to come to the decision did he do it did he cleanse me from all sin or uh, did he impute uh, righteousness to me and impute my sin to him if that did happen then i have no sin even though i may have just committed a sin Our sin has been paid for. I'm his child. I have boldness to approach his throne. As in Hebrews chapter 10 and verse number 19. Hebrews chapter 10, 19. Having therefore, brethren, boldness to enter into the, holy, uh, the holiest by the blood of Jesus. So I can go and pray. I can't. I'm not going to let this searing, the mark that sin put in my life, and the refreshing that it brings to my mind because something happened. I'm not going to let that stop me from praying because God says it's paid for. Gone, gone, gone. Yes, my sins are gone. We feel God can't bless us now. And that is so very untrue and that's exactly what Satan wants you to think because that's going to stop you. That's going to stop you from doing the right thing. It's going to stop you from praying. It's going to stop you from reading your Bible. It's going to stop you from being faithful to church. It's going to stop you from tithing. It's going to stop you from, from uh, church uh, attendance. It's going to stop you from talking the right way, walking the right way, behaving in the right way. It's going to stop you from being a testimony at your workplace. Why? Because you think, oh, all has gone, I've lost it all. But you haven't lost anything. Since we feel this way, we quit. What we're doing for God. And we blame sin. But we had forgotten the great power of God. And that he is not a man. I'm going to say that statement one more time. God is not a man. And man is uh, is powerless. And men hold grudges. But God is powerful and does not hold a grudge. Which is not how we, God behaves. This is how God behaves. Doesn't hold a grudge, not like man. Psalm 103, verse number 12. As far as the east is from the west, so far hath he removed our transgressions from us. The east and the west never come together, they just keep going and going and going and going and going into affinity on a flat plane. They just go and 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 they never see each other. Bye.
1: Sin, 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 sin. Go and go and go
2: It's gone. It's far away from me. However, sin leaves a mark in our personal life. And that's usually the thing that causes you not to do what God wants you to do. Something happens. Something comes up. Some temptation you give into to that temptation. You think it's all over now. I might as well just quit everything. Don't quit. Satan is alive and powerful and he is a great deceiver. Right. Depend on what the word of God says, not what you feel. Depend on what the word of God says, not what you think. Depend on what the word of God says and not your natural reasoning. Right. Because it doesn't work with natural reasoning. Reasoning, You know why? True knowledge only comes from God, that's right. which is wisdom, which is looking at things from God's perspective, not from ours. That means to look at God as he sees himself and look at myself as God sees me, not as I see me. Mm-hmm. And that's the problem. All other knowledge comes from this world. And this world says, you're guilty. Mm. Yes. You. You, oh, you, wicked, vile human being, you call yourself a Christian and you act like that? You ever felt that way? Anybody ever say that to you? You know what I say? Na-na-na-na-na, my sins are all forgiven. They're, they're gone. You can't, just because you call me names doesn't mean my sin is gonna stick to me. It's gone. Remember that old saying? I, I'm rubber, you're glue. Everything you say bounces off me and sticks on you. I'm gone. I'm, I'm, I'm there's nothing to stick to. All that's there is the blood of Jesus Christ, continually washing me and keeping me and bringing me to that place where God calls me home. But sin leaves sin. Number three leaves a mark on your reputation. Sin leaves a mark on your reputation. What's that? I'm sorry. Sin leaves a mark of repetition. I should read these things before, after I write them. My wife wrote my notes for me, and she wrote a word that I mispronounced. No, I'm teasing. Sin leaves the mark of repetition. Sin leaves the mark of repetition. Why is that? We repeat the same sins over and over again. Anybody ever do that besides me? We do the same goofball things over and over and over and over again. Once we commit any sin, it's always easier to commit that sin again. I'm going to say that one more time. Once we co- commit a sin, it's always easier to commit that sin again. Let's say that oh, brother Yule has some sin. I don't know. Maybe he likes this. I don't. Know, let's see. What kind of sin could you? Maybe he likes cigars. Okay. Can you see brother Yule with a big old stogie in his mouth? I can. He's chewing on He's out on his farm, chewing on a stogie. Okay, well, wait a minute. He finally realizes I need to stop that. I'm, right. I'm not Charles Spurgeon, okay? <laughs> right.
1: <laughs>
2: and I need to stop that. So he quits, uh-huh. and he quits for seven months. Okay. No temptation, no nothing. One day he's in the barn, and he looks over there at, at, a, at a barrel, and on top of that barrel sits one of his stogies half-smoked. And inside he's going, don't do that. There's no reason to. You, got, you already beat this. Right, 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 right. And then he goes over to throw it away, but then it's in his fingers. You know what I mean? Oh. It's probably too old. It'd probably be really bad. I wonder how bad it would be. <laughs> Not too bad. <laughs> and now he goes, you idiot, you. But now that I lit it, I might as well smoke it.
1: Yeah,
2: yeah. Yeah. That's how we act. That's because sin is repetitious. Yes, and once I do it, it's easier for me to do it a second time. This is true with every sin, no matter what you, who you are. Sin leaves that kind of mark of repetition. Why do we commit the same thing over and over and over again? Because it's easy. The flesh gets used to it. It likes it. It uses it against you. Young men, I feel so bad for young men. They got this sin called video games, and they can't put them down. I mean, they're stinking addicted. <laughs> 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 and they won't work. Hello? They don't get things done. They come home from where they're at, and the first thing they do is they're going to find their computer because they got to sit down and play a few minutes of the game. And it has attacked our young men. I mean people in their twenties, thirties, and some people in their forties. Uh, right. They're absolutely consumed by a video game. And I feel so bad for you. How could you let something so stupid control you? However, there's sins in my life that want to control me too. Because sin is repetitious. It leaves a mark of repetition. Hebrews chapter eleven, verse twenty-five. Uh Choosing rather to suffer affliction with the people of God than to enjoy the pleasure of sin for a season. That's why it's pleasurable. It gives us some form of pleasure. Maybe good pleasure, maybe bad pleasure, but it gives us that pleasure. We almost never feel the pain of our sin at the, uh, at the moment we're committing our sin. That sting of sin doesn't come while we're doing our sin. That sting of sin only comes after we're done doing our sin. And the sting gets softer and softer because we're searing ourselves again. And you're getting less and less pain because you're killing all the nerve endings in your spirit that God could change you with. And you've allowed it to control you. It's a trick brought about by the devil to damage your life. So if you have a repeatable repeatable sin, you just need to ask God to give you the victory over that and stay away from it. And when the temptation comes, just continue to fight it. Continue to fight it. And then after time, like I said originally, it starts to fade. And the ugliness of that sin goes away. And that conviction that that sin brought so that if you did do it again, it would smite you like you hadn't been hit in a long time. Number four. Sin leaves a mark that's damaged to your life. It's called death. It'll hurt your life, your physical life. What what makes sin so ugly and injurious is it because it leaves a mark in our life that causes death to things around us, to people around us, and to events around us. Sin always damages life. It's a law. Remember I said it at the beginning, the wages of sin is death. That's a Bible law. You can't get away from it. So because of that, sin leaves its marks Sin always brings damage to the life. It never thinks about while, while, while we're doing it, the damage we're doing it to it or it's doing to us. We just accept it. This is an, uh, uh, this is, there is an excitement to sin, as I said just moments ago. Yet later, the results are great damage, great pain, great anguish. And such damage that we don't feel usable ever again. Interestingly enough, God knew all about this. And he warns us about this. And the reason he warns us is because he loves us. This is true love from God to you and me. To warn us about the resulting damage of sin. What is that damage? Death. For example, someone starts drinking liquor. And the world says, that's okay. That's the adult thing to do. Then one day he gets drunk behind, as drunk, he gets behind the wheel of a car and kills someone. Or drastically harms someone. I promise you, he will never forget that. You would never forget that. You have damaged your life and you have killed someone else in the process of it. And not only have you killed them, but you've also killed your physical life. It's so seared that you will never forget it. Sin leaves a mark. This is an obvious example, but the same thing plays out in every other sin. Let me illustrate again. A lie is told. The lie then gets discovered. Because sure enough, your sin will. That's what the Bible says, right? So your sin gets discovered. Your sin of that lie. We then are hurt because our lie was discovered. We're hurt by that lie. We hurt other people near us because of that lie. That lie may cost you your job and it may cost you close relationships with people because of the lie. I know a young man that lied one time. He didn't think it was a very big thing, but it cost him his job. Because his job couldn't, he couldn't tell a lie in that job, but he did. And he didn't like it, but that's too bad. You committed that sin. You took that step. You told that lie. You intentionally did that. And you thought, it's no big deal. It's not going to harm anybody. But it ended up to kill your life. Example number three. A cross words made during an argument. An An accusation is lobbed at someone who you're having an argument with. It's not true, but you're trying to get even because we never want to be equal on anything. We want to get over even. So he lobbed this bomb at somebody. (laughs) Verbally, pow, it blows up. It's not true. We did it to make the other person feel bad so we could feel better about ourselves. Yet it damaged uh, the damage from that result end a marital relationship could end your job could end responsibility that folks want to give to you but now they can't give it to you because of what you said what I said I'm going to give you an example number four and I'm almost done so hang in there. a sexual act is committed because it's your body and you have the right to do whatever the world wants you to do it's my body. I've done nobody else's business with what I do. Sexual sin is committed. It doesn't hurt anybody. There'll never be any consequences to my action. You never realize how much damage you brought to yourself when you committed that sin. Say, well, how do you know that? Because of what Proverbs says. We're gonna read Proverbs chapter six. We're gonna read a couple of verses there. Sexual sin leaves a mark that will stay with us all of our life no matter what we do. You will never forget it. God says so. Yes, sir. Proverbs 6 verse 24 is where I'm going to begin reading. To keep thee from evil women, from the flattery of the tongue of a strange woman, lest not after her beauty in thine heart, neither let her take thee with her eyelids. For by means of a whorish woman a man is brought to a piece of bread, and the adulteress will hurt from uh, the for the precious life. Can a man take fire in his bosom and his clothes not be burned? Can one go upon hot coals and his feet not be burned? So he that goeth into his neighbor's wife, whosoever toucheth her, shall not be innocent. Verse 30, men do not despise a thief if he steal to satisfy his soul when he's hungry. But if he is found, he shall restore sevenfold and he shall uh, give all the substance of his house. But whoso committeth adultery... With a woman lacketh understanding, that he doth uh, it will it destroyeth his own soul. That's what God says. A wound and a dishonor shall he get, and his reproach shall not be wiped away. That does not mean that the sin is not forgiven by God. What that means is that that will be in your life the rest of your life, and that covers all sorts of sexual sin. I'm not going to get into naming any of them because we have children here. But one of them has to do with looking on things on the Internet that you ought not to look at. And it will leave a mark in your life that will never, ever go away. And it will take away all the value you think that God could place in you because you commit that sin not realizing the damage that that sin is doing. So God warns us about these things. Sexual sin is a type of sin that leaves a mark that stays all your life. You can spend much time on that sin and I don't have time to because that's not the point. The list can go on and on. Not praying will do the same thing. Not attending church services does the same thing. Not reading your Bible does the same thing. Not doing our best does the same thing. Not tithing and so on and so on and so on. The list can go on and on. Sin always leaves a mark. Always. The, The whole thing is... Uh, repeated over and over and over again in our life and we never feel like we can do what we need to for God. I said all that to say this. Don't let sin be the thing that controls you. Don't let sin be the thing that controls you. And places where you where you will quit on God. That's all Satan wants. Stay faithful, steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord. Don't let the devil trick you. Be diligent, be diligent. Do the right thing to avoid sin. And the result uh, uh, in your life will become strong because sin always is gonna leave a mark. And that mark is always gonna end up to be death. It will kill something in your life, something. The word diligent means this, determined, eager, someone who will not quit. And I'm going to give you some verses on diligence and we're done. Are you ready? Can you believe that? Put that piece of candy in your mouth. We're about to go. Proverbs 10 and verse number four. Proverbs 10, verse number four. He becometh poor that dealeth with a slack hand, but the hand of the diligent maketh rich. Proverbs chapter 12 and verse 24. Proverbs chapter 12 and verse 24, the hand of the diligent share, shall bear rule, but the slothful shall be under tribute. Slothful, lazy, who won't put any action, who won't force themselves to do the right thing no matter what, lazy, rather than being diligent, determined, eager, someone who will not quit. Proverbs chapter 12, verse 27, the slothful man roasts not what he took in hunting, But the substance of a diligent man is precious, has value. Proverbs 13, verse 4. The soul of the sluggard desireth and has nothing, but the soul of the diligent shall be made fat. I'm trying to act that out in my life right now. Trying to swell up everywhere I can. (laughs) Be made fat. I don't want to be a sluggard. I don't want to be lazy. I don't want the devil and the world in my flesh to run the victory in my life. I want to know that I could go to God without having to worry about anything and that there's nothing in my mind that's going to stop me from standing before God. Now, I already know that. I have that in Jesus Christ. But because sin leaves marks in our life and we're human and we are frail, we think about those things. And so if I can get those pushed aside if I can get my understanding of what God has done for me, if I'm going to trust what Jesus has done, then, ladies and gentlemen, I can overcome that in my life and allow God to use me any way he wants to use me. By the way, everybody here in this auditorium tonight and those listening by way of streaming, if they're at home because they can't be here due to illness, if you're not here because of some other reason, you just wanted to stay home, shame on you, you should be here. That sin and you need to overcome it. But the truth is this. God loves you. He wants the best for you. He has saved you and he has washed you clean by the blood of the lamb. And I need to look at that and think of that and live in that. And know that he is my God and he is my savior. That he is taking care of me. That I am his child. He holds me in his hand. His hands of protection are all around me. And I need to leave that sin alone because it always brings death. It always brings death. It always brings death. It always brings death. And I don't want that death. So as you work hard this year, be faithful. Stay diligent. Because the world is going to try to stop you from having a strong year. We're at the very beginning of this year your, the world, your job things in your life the devil, family, sports activities are all going to try to put a stop to you to being faithful to where you need to be for God but it will always leave a mark so don't let them do that to you be steadfast my beloved brethren unmovable always abounding in the work of the Lord For as much as you know, your labor is not in vain in the Lord. So let's not let the mark of sin stop you in 2024. Let's keep marching forward. Father, thank you for what we've heard tonight. Now, Lord, so many times I've talked with so many Christians in my Christian life. and have counseled so many people that the death of sin and the marks of sin, that they leave in our flesh, they leave in our mind constantly haunt people over and over and i ask holy spirit that we would embrace you realizing that you and only you have washed us from our sin we are cleansed now lord if there's someone here under the sound of my voice that doesn't know for sure if they died right now that they go straight to heaven that does not know that jesus has washed away their sins then I ask that today would be the day that they receive you as Savior and they'd be washed clean from their sin. But Lord, the rest of us, we get haunted from time to time. And those marks, they come back up and we see them. It discourages us and we want to quit. Please, please help us to forsake those things. Walk in your truth walk in your word and continue to go forward no matter what our memory may bring to us, no matter what comes up in our heart, that we would constantly run back to the fact that you saved us and washed us from our own sin in your own blood. While heads are bowed and eyes are closed, God has spoken to your heart. And you say, Brother Marco, pray for me. I, I struggle with these kind of things in my life at times. And, ha- and sin comes back and haunts me and those marks remind me and sometimes I give up and I get discouraged. Brother Marco, pray for me that I not let that happen to me in 2024. Would you slip your hand up? Hold it nice and high up for just for a moment and then slip it down. Thank you, you may put your hands down. I may say tonight, preacher, if I died right now, I know for sure I'd go straight to heaven. I have received Christ as my Savior. There's no question in my mind. I'm going straight to heaven when I die. And I'd like to raise my hand, a testimony of the fact, I know I'm saved. Would you slip your hand up, hold it nice and high, wave it towards heaven, remind the Savior that you're his. Maybe there's someone here tonight that couldn't raise their hand. And if you died right now, you don't know for sure that your sin has been washed away. And that you no longer have any sin before God. And you say, Brother Marco, pray for me. I don't want to carry the burden of death in hell for the rest of my life and for eternity in my life. Brother Marco, would you pray for me that I let Jesus wash away my sins? Anybody like that tonight? If you slip up your hand. I'll pray for you. No one's looking around, just me and Pastor. Anyone else? All right. Father, I thank you for those that raise their hands. Holy Spirit, have your way in our hearts and our lives and cause us to leave where we're at and come to you and and tell you how that worry are going to cling unto you and you will give us the victory. Help us not to think that we can do this on our own, for we cannot, but we must walk in your path and in your way, in your direction, according to your word. For we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's all stand to our feet. God spoke to your heart. The altar is open right now. Brother, you will sing.